Welcome to the No Pressure Podcast with Ehab, where we elevate the education importance and prevention of pressure injuries. Because when prevention meets progress, patients and healthcare workers are protected. On this episode of the Ehab No Pressure Podcast, Christy and Deborah sit down with Kelly Moed, a certified nursing professional development practitioner with 35 plus years of experience in the acute care setting. They continue their discussion about Kelly's passion, safe patient handling and mobility, specifically the evolution and transition of education from the classroom setting to the virtual environment. They believe that putting out money for devices, putting together a whole budget for potentially a program, they don't really know enough about it. And that's why states that have activists like I had, you know, part of the, uh, the task force, we really got together on a state level and a national level to bring to light what I'm telling you is that this just makes sense for everyone, for the patients, for the staff, for the organization to save the money. It's a win-win-win. So what's happening is when you say what, why the other states are hesitating, I think that they just need to have some activism going on. People need to realize things. And also, I think there's some deep-rooted problems. And I mean, of course, right now, because of during pandemic, it may not be priority. But now that we've got to focus on worker safety, it could, and my hope, my dream is that people will start to realize that safe patient handling, it's something that's necessary. I guess in answer to your question, every time a state became, you know, a safe patient handling state added to the list, my hope was that eventually the federal government would just put through legislation to protect workers. And we've got a couple of bills on the books, uh, potential laws, which would protect the workers. The hesitation, I believe, is the main thing is the cost. And I think that a lot of it has to do with not understanding what you and I know (laughs) is that this makes sense. (laughs) Of course. And I think that this is one of the major benefits of having this podcast Thankfully, you're willing to share your valuable insights and your knowledge and your experience. That being said, if there is a clinician or a healthcare system that is interested in initiating the Safe Patient Handling Program, what would your advice be to those healthcare facilities or staff or clinicians? What would be their first step outside of contacting you directly, of course? (laughs) Trust me, that's happened plenty. I get people very excited about the topic. And then all of a sudden (laughs) I'm getting all these emails and then I'm helping people and it's exciting, but then it gets to be a lot, but I'm all for it, whatever it is, whatever it takes. So for a clinician, I think the first thing is to really understand what safe patient handling is. Go online and you could research safe patient handling and mobility. You can go to some really reliable sites get information. As I mentioned, the American Nurse Association, they have on their website, a whole section dedicated to safe patient handling and mobility. It lists the states that have legislation. It also has a printable, like you can take a, 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 I think it's a PDF file of all the myths of safe patient handling myths. And then it just tells you what the actual realities are. And it explains what it is in a nutshell. It could be brought to by a clinician to someone in leadership or power or to a committee. So what I'm saying is as a clinician, get 
educated on the topic. The Association of Safe Patient Handling Professionals. Also, if you really, really committed to this and you, this is something that you think you're going to do, joining the organization would be amazing because they have so many webinars, podcasts, and information online, and also working in groups. I'm, I'm very active on a few of the committees for the Association of Safe Patient Handling Professionals. So you could go to their website. You don't even, you could join, but if you don't, you know, not right away, you don't join, you can see what's out there. You can see this lot of information that you can get for free without joining, without logging in, but it's the member support is what you get when you join. But as a clinician, you really want to understand what it is that, that you're trying, what, what, you know, you're trying to accomplish, are you trying to accomplish it in, in what type of a facility you, or is it something that you want to do on your unit as a project? It could be a school project like mine. The reason I did my project on safe patient handling mobility is because I was interested in worker safety. I was asked to train nurses aides. Okay. So I'm, I mean, I'm backing into my story again, but uh, the reason I got interested in it and as a clinician was as an educator, I had to do a three-week training for nurses aides. And I had people that were working in McDonald's one day, and then they got hired as a nurse's aide and they had to come and work in a hospital. So basically I used to joke around and say, oh, they're flipping burgers one day and the next day they're flipping patients. Leaves it up to me. And so what do I have? Proper body mechanics. So as a clinician, you need to feel strongly that proper body mechanics is not saving your back, your arms, your hips, your knees. No way. This is just old school. It's taught in the nursing schools. It's taught in the PT. Like all the professional healthcare schools are still relying on proper body mechanics. Even the nurses aid schools, proper body mechanics with some use of lifts. They're not getting the whole package. And that's one of our deep rooted problems. Clinicians probably don't have a basic background. That's why I'm saying get educated on it because if I was a betting person, I'd say, that very little attention was given to safe patient handling and mobility in the curriculum of whatever they're, whether they're an RN, a PT, an OT, a radiology tech, or a nurse's aide, an orderly, anything, they probably didn't get a whole lot of hands-on experience, even maybe some didactic or some informational material on safe patient handling. It just didn't happen. And that's one of the problems in the whole United States. It's not required on licensure exams to have questions on safe patient handling. So they're not teaching to it. So when a clinician wants to get involved, they need to get educated. And so do that by joining the organizations, attending, even if there's free webinars, look on YouTube. There are plenty of companies and passionate people like myself who have put things out there. Just really learn why healthcare is at a whole is at risk because it's a public health problem society can't afford to lose healthcare workers at this point. We're losing them because of the pandemic. On top of that, you can't lose workers because they're having musculoskeletal injuries. All those things that I talked about, whether it's discs, muscles, nerves, tendons, shoulders, knees, hips, these are all things that, as you mentioned, Deborah, repetitive injuries, and they're taking out our workforce. And it's just, it just, it's there. If you look at the Department of Labor statistics, nurses, aides, and RNs consistently are in the top 10 of all workers who are losing time away from work due to these sprains and strains 
And I think there's something they call overexertion from a bodily action. And that's actually a safe patient handling injury. If you're a clinician, you want to get involved, you get educated, get yourself on a committee. I know that we have a lot of shared governance models coming out in healthcare. Get involved and spread the word. And it start, that's that's kind of what I did. Just be, keep going. Be with vocal, it. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Education like- and vocal. If I was to just use one term from my level, obviously not a clinician. A safe patient handling and mobility program equals prevention, prevention of any type of worker place injury for staff. If you're able to prevent any type of injury and promote better patient care, well, then it's a win-win for everyone. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's, It's worker safety equals patient safety. If you ignore this, you know, you've ignored the worker safety, then you have workers who are injured and they're working or they're not working and they're out and you're working even short staff. So, and I know people don't like to say short staffed and it's not, you know, no one, you know, especially the public shouldn't know about short staffing, but it happens. If you happen to have a patient who doesn't help him or herself bedridden, and, you know, no, it doesn't even matter how much they weigh. We've already established that because the 35 pound limit, you know, we're not all working in pediatrics. So it could be a, your patient is 200 pounds doing this. And then you could have someone on day shift, get hurt night shift, get hurt. If you don't have proper devices, equipment, you could wipe out the staff and it doesn't have to all happen on one day. As we talked, it's, it's a repetitive injury. So if sure. you go ahead, right. And you do some type intervention or you start to provide a solution, then you're only going to help your workers and help the patient's safety. And I know Deborah, you said that it's just now you were talking about how implementation of safe patient handling and mobility program is going to make it less harm and safer for the workers, but it definitely impacts patient safety, patient mobility, mm-hmm your patients are up and moving more often. And we all know now that mobility, it has a lot to do with better outcomes when patients are discharged. Mm -hmm. We also know that a safe patient handling mobility program, using devices to help people to ambulate, to, to walk through the halls, to get them around their room, do all that, it's preventing falls. Patients, you know, it's life-changing. A fall can really, if a patient falls and breaks a hip, chances of a full recovery are are not that great. It's just really preventing harm. Safe patient handling is definitely preventing harm to both the workers and the patients. This program, it's full circle. It's a benefit for the facility. It's a benefit for the staff and it's a benefit for the patient, patient outcomes and satisfaction scores, all of it. We'd like to thank Kelly for sharing her valuable insights, knowledge, and experiences on safe patient handling and mobility. We appreciate you, Kelly, your passion, enthusiasm, and taking the time to provide clinicians an overview on the evolution of the education and training environments. Join us next week as Kelly shares her perspective on the transition of education, from onboarding to hands-on experience to skills assessment checklists. Thank you for listening to the No Pressure Podcast. If you have any questions about the material presented, 
please reach out to us on our website at ehub.com contact.